0: Andy does love some Andy. It's like you're inside of my head. (laughs) What is your fascination with Peterson?
1: Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. <laughs>
2: Dear future me, don't go to the courthouse. The moral
3: of the story is don't leave your martial arts equipment and your other coat in a parallel dimension.
1: Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you.
3: <laughs> I'm Indian, I like every
2: comic that's ever been made. I would not go to Jonathan Frake's booth because I would get space herpes.
0: making, it. Make it, do it.
3: Makes sense. And now, your hosts,
2: Andy Padel. Find my shit, don't find my shit. Gimp Fight, Porn Studio, found the shit. Oh, Hitler Porn. Bullet shot in the head.
1: Luke Matthews. And then imagine somebody copying Rob Liefeld.
3: That's just the blind leading the blind and being British so. paperbacks are taller than American paperbacks and it go. does kind of infuriate me so as much <laughs> as I'm making fun of you I completely agree
0: and Joel Simon and I'm still trudging through this book because there's got to be something redeemable about it and at the end he flipped me off with uh, Eminem look-alike <laughs> You're in check, by the way. How am I in... Oh, my God. You little prick.
2: <laughs> and welcome to episode 24 of Trade Secrets. Uh, this week, we're going to be covering Jim Henson's Tale of Sand. To my right, I have our very own Selco Luke Matthews. Mm-hmm. Our own personal little Gelfling, Ann Bean. Hello. And our Roosevelt Franklin, Joel Simon. Jinkies. I'm the veritable Goblin King, or Jareth, if you will, of this podcast, (laughs) if my hair is any indication. Uh, uh, Wow, you guys do not look like you are... Luke, you look like you're going
1: to die at the table. Dude, I might die at the table. I feel like shit. Which is why, for everybody out there, Andy's hosting today. So, uh... (laughs) God, I wish I had photos
2: of this right now. Luke's tearing up, and... Ugh. Looks like he's gonna have a stroke.
1: Oh, oh, I, I am amazed that the human human sinuses can produce this much mucus.
2: And it seems to be all sort of concentrated on your forehead, which is the most interesting part oh,
1: right now. Yeah, right now. Earlier, somebody in some you know like inner in some inner space moment, somebody inside me went w- w- cold cold virus. F- fuck! How would they get in here? Fuck! Oh, Open the right nostril drain pipe. Open it wide. See if we can flush these fuckers out.
2: And then later on they found out you were pregnant. (laughs) 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 Whoops. So uh, let's get to what you guys have been reading. Joel, what you been reading?
0: I've been reading Fear Agent. uh, The fourth trade back, or trade paperback. Trade trade paperback. paperback. Yeah, I'm just gonna call it trade backs. Yeah, grass. Red yard, coupling. Oh my god. Um yeah, and I forgot how good a Remender is. Uh, the Fear Agents great. It's a nice swashbuckling space um opera kind of tale. For his eye versus I uh it's it's the one where um Doesn't matter. The one female character
1: does that thing that
0: time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Let me yeah. guess. Don't, with, don't talk about if it. With the if a ray it's gun. a
3: female character, <laughs> no, she's either going to end up dismembered <clears throat> or dead. <laughs> no, like
2: Rick Remender <laughs> is not gender specific in who oh. he decides to have horrible things happen oh, to. No. That's nice. No,
0: everybody pretty much dies.
3: Yay. It's like multiple it's times. Like Hamlet.
0: Multi- See, I have to read it over again. And I think we should. Yeah. <clears> yeah. But we'll get to that later. Yeah. Anyways. and what you been reading?
3: Uh, I read Local by Brian Wood, which is- And- Oh, I I liked it. I thought it was really well done.
2: Brian um, Wood and
3: Brian Wood and Brian Kelly. Is Becky that? Clunan? No, no, it's not I Becky Clunan. Lo- local's not a Clunan The local. art is really similar. It actually reminded me a lot of Demo. Um, <laughs> sort of like the almost anime, but not quite. Local got um, an
1: Eisner, right? I think it and did. At least eight? it got a nomination. Yeah, yeah. Know.
3: I'm not sure if it won. I haven't but.
1: finished it yet. I've gotten. I'm about eight issues mm-hmm. into
0: the hardcover trade and you get, I, so what's the setting
3: so it's 12 interconnected short stories that all like they're not all necessarily focused on this one character but she's definitely in it it's either directly about her or it's a it's sort of peripherally okay. about her or she shows up randomly um and the, it's set in different really specific places throughout the u.s and and a lot of that plays into her character because she's this kind of like wandering every book is a year adult right yeah it's supposed to be every book is like a, a defining moment of a year of her okay. life of her 20s pretty much as she like wanders around
0: okay is she a drifter a gypsy
3: yeah kind of but more more or less by choice okay
0: um luke what you been reading <laughs> um
1: i got the new invincible hardcover and I've gotten one issue into it, the, and that's how I read uh, Invincible. So I'm way behind right now. This is like the very beginning of the uh, Viltrumite War. Okay. Um, so I'm just starting that. Wait a second. That was uh, that was not part of the Viltrumite War. That, that was, right was a, it? that was yeah. That okay. was like the prelude where they sent people to go um, to go bring back. Um, his father okay that um,
3: gentle listeners is the framed exciting pictures that luke has w- of w- a panel from invincible yeah it's yes. like
2: a, a key moment and i'm like wait doesn't that happen during the vulture no, war that's yeah. kind of a well i haven't read this yet but i saw this this photo of it it was <laughs> just
1: too good to pass up no the that that happens in issue 64 and the vulture war starts in like 72? 72 yeah um so there was something else that i was reading that i was going to mention Luther's and i dread? completely forgot no no it's something that just ended oh uh joe hills the cape oh, is that, how over? Was that? Um, yeah i i f- okay so the one shot that they did that was based on the short story was spectacular mm. the mini series that followed it was really good but I, f- for some reason, feel... And I need to go back and look at the, the first couple issues of the miniseries because I was under the impression it was supposed to be, like, eight issues long. And it ended on issue four. And it actually really feels abrupt. Like it it feels like, it, like they were, like, canceled and needed to, mm. needed to wrap it up. So the ending, it's, it's kind of predictable not horrible i actually um i kind of prefer to leave the leave it as the one shot you know because the one shot was have you read the helm
3: awesome
1: no but
2: you've read
3: little bits of that it looks funny whenever you
2: talk about the cape it always reminds me of the helm and like there's this fat guy who gets a magical helmet who gives him powers and he goes and kills a demon but kind of takes place in the real world so people like a serial killer you know staked and drained the blood of some rich guy
1: (laughs) (laughs) no this one is much more it's much darker than that and it's like i mean it's fucking joe hill so of course it's going to be dark um but i
2: was raised by stephen king yeah right
1: (laughs) so um yeah those that's pretty much all i've been reading because as as Anne would say i've spent most of my time reading books that are comprised entirely of words and making an um, independent nation of mucus. Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I started reading uh, A Princess of Mars. I want to John try Carter and finish and it stuff. before the movie comes out, yeah. Uh-huh. And it's fast, such a fast read. I started it on Saturday, and I'm like 70% through with it. So,
2: so the the comic of A Princess of Mars has the best covers I've seen. I've seen those, yeah. they're Like mm. in the past, actually probably I'd say since 2010, um the cover artist is not the same as the internal artwork, and the internal artwork is bleh.
1: Yeah. All of those, those are all dynamite, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. I think, yeah. And their their internal artwork is, it's passable. It's not horrible, but they it's have some adequate. awesome It's astoundingly adequate. Yeah, right? <laughs>
2: is
3: um, it back to the... 80s video games with the really exciting painted covers and the kind of uh, graphics
2: little Nemo the Dream Master oh my god this game has to be fun actually the game's pretty good yeah but (laughs) yeah it's not nearly as cool as the cover was that
3: based on the Windsor McKay comic yeah I need to play that because that's 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 a good
2: game I've got a copy it's quality I've, uh, to go back to the podcast that we're on as opposed to <laughs> the one that we've been delaying because I've been working too much. <laughs> a person. Uh, I have not had much spare time. However, I did manage to cram in two different Punisher books. I read Punisher the End, which is, uh, Garth Ennis and, oh my God, uh, Richard Corbin. It's a one shot, um, takes place at some point in the future after Punisher has been captured and put into maximum security. Uh, there's a series of events that leads to nuclear winter. And since he was in maximum security of this prison, he's one of the very few people who survives and it chronicles him as he goes and hunts down the last remaining people who sort of caused the nuclear winter.
1: That seems like a, um, a bit of a societal flaw. If, if the maximum security prison inmates are the ones that are going to survive the nuclear winter, he was
2: in like the third floor basement of this thing. Um, the end of the book is just brilliant. Um,
0: in
3: Soviet the, Russia, the,
2: the, end of the, end? the end of the end where, so Punisher finds these guys and they're like, look, everyone else is dead. We haven't had a communication with someone in seven months. We have, you know, all these test subjects that we can, you know, create new life with on this planet, but we're the only ones who can do it and you're dying of radiation poison and he's like, that's yeah. nice and he just guns them all down. <laughs> so he basically ends humanity. Well and then after that, he just walks out into the street and burns up. Well, because he realized that he himself was not beyond punishment for his crimes.
3: It's that's dark, as it's, punishy as you can get.
2: Yeah, but hmm. the, the reason that I read that is because I read the end of The Punisher, or Punisher Max, more specifically, Jason Aaron really knocked it out of the park. I mean, it was twenty six issues. There's a very distinct, you know, arc. Every single loose end gets taken care of that's, nice yeah and uh the, i'm not going to spoil the end of the book but it's while predictable what happens after that part is brilliant
3: nice it's always nice to get a whole bunch of plot threads tied up really yeah, neatly it,
2: it is the cleanest book that i've seen
3: for marvel that's that's great for anyone actually that's i mean awesome. it,
2: it doesn't tie into continuity of any other books yeah
3: well that makes it a little easier, I guess.
1: Which is, which to be entirely honest, is why all these characters worked originally in the first place was because they weren't part of another c- continuity for mm-hmm. the most part. I mean, I know Punisher technically was. They brought him into the normal Marvel universe, but the Spider-Man, reason, yeah. yeah, But the you know the stories that made them famous and that made them good in the first place were not trying to integrate them into the you know the overall uh, continuity. Mm-hmm. So. They were cool.
3: I wonder if it's just some urge to always cross over that went too far. Yeah,
2: it's like, I mean, you've got different, You, I think we've talked about this on the show before, but you've got your definite tiers. You've got, you know, your your A-listers, your mm-hmm. Avengers, your X-Men, like that. You know, they're, you know, the ones taking care of the serious, serious things. And you got your B-listers who are...
3: Excalibur.
2: Excal- I like X-Force, X-force. or um, New Mutants. Uh. Um, actually, I would even say Doctor Strange is sort of in that parse. Sp- I could see that. Spider-Man. I mean, Hulk.
3: Yeah, Hulk, 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 Hulk is A-listen. an A lister
2: as far as threat goes, but as a problem solver, he is not.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Hulk thinking about geopolitics. Mm. Uh,
2: then you've got like your D and E listers, like Iron Fist or Luke Cage <laughs>
3: and Fist.
2: So the problem that happens is when like Black Panther, obvious E lister, he's got a small country, but he doesn't really have any powers for that matter. He's married to Storm now. Who's an a lister eh, or no she's an a lister
3: well how, then, how do you he married up in the world?
2: yeah, it's like okay, if something is a challenge for Black Panther, storm's just gonna be like, I can sneeze and eliminate you from existence if something's a challenge for storm,
3: black Panther's <laughs> like, okay, honey, <laughs> I'll feel like cookies uh, <laughs> have fun
2: saving the world uh, it's just you gotta keep your it'd be like. Galactus is attacking, everyone's gone, and all we have is the West Coast Avengers. Dazzler. (laughs)
3: Oh.
2: (laughs) Oh, Disco Dazzler. If you guys have not read the script for that movie, I would highly recommend checking out.
1: Yeah, we talked about that before. I still haven't gotten a chance to read it, but I really want to. So... Um, the book I'll tell you the book that I'm looking forward to right now though, and I don't know why, is uh, the, they're rebooting Exo Man War because um, they've been doing the Valiant. They've been kind of slowly trickling out them. And yeah, the reason that I'm excited for it is because it's going to be drawn by Carrie Nord. Well, that's good. And I'm a huge fan of Carrie Nord's stuff.
2: I, so. I was always a fan of uh, Magnus Robot Hunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah robot Tura, fighter,
1: Tura, robot fighter, whatever. Turok hey, Dinosaur Hunter, Turok Magnus Dinosaur. Robot Fighter. Okay, Gosh. get it right. Was
2: Warriors a Plasm? One of those books?
1: No, no. I don't. Th- well, not that I'm aware of. Not that I mean. Valiant was always. Oh, they. they, also, they also. There was something that I read that said they were they're ta- in talks to start making a Bloodshot movie. What? Like, not only was he a D-list character, he was D-list for Valiant. I mean, how, how horrible is that? And they're going to make a movie out of it.
2: So I've got this great script for a Deadpool movie. We can't <laughs> get the rights to Deadpool. Well, how about, oh, Deathstroke. Deathstroke mm-hmm. the Terminator? Okay. Nope, no. can't get the rights to him. Mm-hmm. What about... I mean, can we one? get the rights to? How about Nick Fury? No, he's in the Avengers movie. There's no chance Marvel's <laughs> letting us touch that. Um, besides Hasselhoff
0: already
1: did the definitive Nick Fury anyway
2: Cerebus the aardvark no (laughs) (laughs) flaming carrot no No. arm fall off lad no Um, (laughs) bloodshot (laughs) who perfect (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly
1: I I was never a huge fan of the the valiant universe as a whole um, but they what else they is had some, in the Valiant universe. Oh God! There's oh, we just listed all the books. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, there's it. It was so
3: Blaming blo- uh, carrot? No, blaming no. okay. carrot. <laughs> <laughs> just checking. It was like
1: it was bloodshot. Exo Man War. Magnus robot fighter. Uh, Turok dinosaur hunter. Um, what was the th- the guy that was like the illustrated man? The dude with all the tattoos. Like he was in there too. Like it was it was a very Solar Man <laughs> of the, man- the Solar plucker. Man of the Atom. Um, it was a it was a. It was an interesting universe in its day, but um, it was done much better when it was Image. What was well, its yeah. day? Uh, late eighties, early nineties. Okay. I don't yeah. feel
3: bad about not knowing what that is. No,
1: either. they they did a big crossover event with Image in the early nineties, and then um, it's an interesting way to pronounce f- terrible. Fated. Yeah, right. a terrible crossover event, <laughs> and then f- uh, faded into obscurity and eventually Seems went good. bankrupt. Um,
2: Cyberforce meets Exo Man of War. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, what?
1: Turok Dinosaur Hunter meets Wild Storm in the past. It was it was one of those one of those universe crossings where they actually like something happened and Tora rift between the two universes and they came together and they had to Worked together against the villains to close the rift and separate the universes. It, like was, it was just <laughs> a fucking every single one of them came with a fucking lenticular hologram cover and the of course the
2: dark it's, it's, versus bags? solar
1: man of the atom. Yeah,
2: it's <laughs>
0: like no, just stop. How are we gonna do this? Uh, let's get out the dictionary of comic book tropes. Uh, <laughs> <flip> <laughs> bloodshot
2: grifter one shot. Yeah, yeah,
0: seriously. Let's go to page seven fifty. Oh, yeah, that'll
2: work.
1: Does he have claws? Or just bad attitude. Bloodshot Both. was, yeah. Bloodshot was basically the Punisher. Oh, okay. I mean, that's pretty much. <laughs> he was a only generic bad. Punisher, except as opposed like we
2: like we can't have a skull, so we're just gonna put a red circle.
1: <laughs> well, he had white skin and a red circle, like it was supposed to be Japan. Come on, what? damn cat. Yeah,
0: these are the really. The cat even hates. These are really things too. Oh yeah. Oh, oh absolutely. absolutely.
1: And actually, Exo War was not an awful comic book. It um, it was uh. It was, was kind an, of stuck in some of the tropes of its day back in the early '90s, man. but it was it was a um, kind of symbiote suit guy mm-hmm. um, comic book, and it uh, uh, I kind of liked like it because, because wasn't there
0: Antit? a cartoon? No, no,
1: no symbiote like it's more like armor suit, like, or yeah. space super suit. truck, uh,
3: a super truck. Yeah, okay. there
1: you go.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, wasn't there? There was a cartoon that was named after that too.
1: Was there an Exo Manowar cartoon? I hope not. Yeah, they, that oh. used
0: that used all like the, the Macross robots in it, and there were guys in suits of armor.
1: Oh yeah. Are you talking? Are you? You're not thinking of Exo Squad, are you? Isn't that the you same been, thing? No, 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 totally different. Oh. And Exo <laughs> not Exo any better. Off, it starts off <laughs> with no the, because Exo same. Squad was good. Sir, it was okay. Exo Squad was awesome.
0: Okay, so Exo Squad and Exo Manowar two different things. C- two completely. different Just starting out with the same letters. Y- yes, okay. absolutely.
1: Actually, Exo Squad is E X O. X-O Manowar is X-O okay. So there you go wow. Now you can differentiate it in your mind If you come up with a handy dandy Mnemonic, okay. mnemonic device
2: Smirm smurm phenomena, phenomena. So uh, the book Published in 2012 What book? Tale of Sand? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we paused the recording. We didn't, you know, it's not it's going to be edited. and People are going to be like, I've been listening to this podcast. What was it about again? Look at my screen. Okay. Uh, it was Jim Henson's, actually it was only unpublished, but it wasn't the last thing that he wrote, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. It was
1: It was a screenplay that he wrote that never got turned into a
2: movie. Uh, it was written around 68? Yeah, something like that. Something like
0: that?
3: Between um, 67 and 74. Huh. There okay. You go. Um, with his longtime writing partner, Jerry Jewell.
2: So it you can only get it as a uh hardcover. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a trade. It's definitely not single issues. It does not lend itself to that format.
1: No. It's it is a it is a graphic novel per se. It is not it's not a trade paperback or a trade, so
2: yeah, it is an actual like every time we'll oh, no, get to this. Uh, it's published by uh Archaea. Archaea. Um, they do a lot of really amazing French stuff.
1: Um, they do Mouse Guard. Do they do and Mouse Guard? Yes, what? they do. And Mouse Guard is spectacular. Um, I'm trying to think. What the Cyclops is a book they do.
2: Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Future War one. Um, they also did the Assassin book, which name I cannot remember right now.
1: Oh God, you're gonna. Oh, can hey,
2: I'm flipping the tables on you for once. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, they do a lot of quality stuff,
1: and this book is quality yeah it's
2: Mm. it is a very well put together book Um, it looks like it's bound really well it's got an actual um, the spine has bends in it so you can open it without destroying it It has Mm. a nice
3: like vaguely textured front cover Um, extremely attractive design Funny little purple band that you can put around it so, that I can use as a bookmark.
2: Here's my question for you guys. I mean, there's really not much to the story or the writing itself. It's all incredibly surreal. Mm-hmm. Um, do you just want to knock that out of the way first, like a summary, like a, well, a brief, like yeah? Well, I mean, we can talk about the writing first because there's not much to it. Plain yeah. and simple, it's it's very very. There's not many words in it. it fear and Loathing no, in Las yeah. Vegas. It's a lot of symbolism. There's not. It doesn't really tell you what's going on. You have to sort of piece together what you think
1: happened.
3: There's yeah. no narration. It's all in the story, and you're wandering around with this guy watching things happen to him. And
1: I mean, basically what happens, so that people understand, is uh, it starts out kind of in the middle of something where this guy's in a celebration in a city, and then he gets to cut it short he the city is celebrating and the sheriff of the city is telling him he's such a good job and they're so proud of him and then they send him out into the desert and that's where everything goes horribly awry and they just send him out in the desert and he's being chased he has a 10 minute head start on his pursuers and pursuers per, well
3: pursuer at the beginning you don't yeah. know but who's you're pursuing not sure. that's what i that's why yeah. i said pursuer it seems like but, there's multiple antagonists yeah yeah, yeah.
1: And then from that point forward, everything goes surreal, fucking completely surreal. I thought the
3: beginning was, I mean, established as surreal. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Because I, I, what, five pages in? Yeah. It's a, it's a little hard to tell where you are until a few Mm -hmm. pages in, because it's sort of like there, there's a lot of kind of mosaic images of the screenplay itself, which I thought was really cool. And the desert and the like snippets of celebration from this town. Uh Um, and it it gives the flavor of it before it really like sets you in any one place, which I think is important because this is like, this book is like a dream, like yeah. it's a very long, weird, surreal dream sequence.
1: There's metaphors. It's deep. I like the um, I liked that intro because the main character is just as confused as the reader. When mm-hmm. you're, you're like you have no idea what's going on around him, and I think that carries through the whole book. Um, but I liked, I liked, I liked the intro. I liked the way everything started. Yeah. Um, I'll get to my opinions of the rest of the book in a little bit. But
2: um, do you guys want to go on to sort of anything? because like, there's not really meat to it. I disagree. Yeah. Um,
3: I think it's all symbolic. It's meat. all symbolic,
2: and there's like a series of events, but
3: just symbol meat. <sighs> um, I could break this down for for hero's journey. I can break this down for like how it corresponds to the Jungian concept of the self.
2: No, <laughs> you
3: guys, we're not that deep. no fun anymore.
1: Um, I have to say that that's one of the things that I that um I'll be, I'll freely admit I didn't get it. Like I don't get the book at all. Can't. Like I'm not saying that that's a negative thing. I'm saying that I just don't I don't I don't get the point. I don't I don't get the symbolism of it. Shall we go into
2: like massive spoilers uh, or yeah. our interpretation of massive spoilers? I think because we should
3: because we're not going to be able to talk about this book unless we talk uh, about absolutely massive spoilers. Okay, massive So spoilers.
2: did you guys get out of it that he is chasing himself?
3: More or less yeah. uh, that he's trapped right. in this cycle. And what I thought was the guy with the eye patch who seems to be following him the whole time is more or less his shadow.
2: Right. I mean, he, okay. So he sends himself. Uh, I think he's both the old man patches or patch, whatever the guy's name is. And the main character, the protagonist. I think that's all the same guy. Eats. And that he comes to that realization, which is how he becomes... He realizes that he has to chase himself. So he becomes the guy with the patch.
3: Oh, you thought he metamorphosed? Yeah. To the guy with the patch at the end?
2: But after the guy with the patches completes his task, which is chasing himself so that he becomes the man with the patch, he can eventually become the old man. So. I'm...
3: I, I guess I could buy that, um, but when I'm looking at this scene at the end where there's the reveal of, like, Eyepatch Dude is him, Eyepatch Dude is, like, blown away into sand, and he's still there.
2: Right. But I think then he becomes Eyepatch Man in the next cycle, which is why when there's the reveal, and I don't mean the boobies, I mean the, you know, everything Although, is the same. Did
3: the boobies make any sense to you? Like, why she, the blonde was also revealed to be him? no to me so i'm gonna talk about young a little bit deal with it um so if the shadow self is like you know his again it's, it's like him right he's pretty much the same person alter ego um who and back to the he's chasing himself well, yeah he is um she's his anima which is like the young thought is everyone has an opposite sex like part of yourself that's like all of the um Aspects of it's sort of like the shadow, but not really because it's specifically like gender swapped. It's
0: your inverse. Yeah. Yeah. It's everything that you're looking for to complement yourself.
3: I suppose so. Um I'm not enough of a young nerd to tell you more about that and mm. I was reading stuff but it wasn't really nerd coherent. With a J. Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, so
3: my my idea—I had to lighten it up. Man, that, that was the I, best. I was, I was personally, I, I think straws. this is
0: this is his journey through life, right? And this is his younger years as he's going through his misadventures, and his older self, the more civilized, once you become middle aged and whatnot, catches up with him. <clears throat> and
3: I, I think he's trying to like integrate his personality and failing, which is why he's going through the cycle of like doing his crazy surreal desert run again and again and again. Yeah. Even in the back notes when it's talking about the like sketches for the character, it's like, rugged, he's been through this cycle a few times.
2: See, the way I look at it is, for, uh, let's say there's a total of three runs. There's young him, which is doing it for the first time, has no idea what's going on. There's older him, who has lost an eye in the process for some reason, knows how to chase himself because he knows what he's already done. Mm. And then there's the oldest him, who knows what he needs to do, so he sets himself off on the adventure.
3: So you were you were thinking that he's also the sheriff?
2: Yeah, I think he's the sheriff.
3: That's interesting. I, I could totally buy that. I don't know. So I saw the sheriff as more of like a... He's not the old rambling guy in the Wise old no. man, no. Okay. mentor figure Yoda type dude. But. So, yeah.
1: Okay, that makes a little more sense because every time you kept saying the old man, you I kept thinking about the old rambling sorry, dude yeah, later. No. Later. I think so, no. The, the, the sheriff,
2: Patches, and the protagonist are all the same person at oh. different points in his life. And, and that's why that. he's having the different experiences of the same series of events because as a young man, a middle-aged man, and an old man, you're going to look at a, a, a specific item completely differently. And you're going to be in different positions.
3: Yeah. I didn't see that much of an age gap between eyepatch dude and this guy.
2: I think this guy is like 21, eyepatch guy is mid-30s, yeah. old man is old 50s guy. or 60s.
3: Yeah, uh, and I, I, so I like that. I think I got more of the sense of this is sort of a hell for him like because he can't figure his shit out. He's kind of like just doing the same thing eternally and i thought that i thought that eye Patch guy and him were pretty much the same age because i thought that eye Patch guy um the blonde and him were all aspects of the same person huh. but i like hmm. the aging thing because i sort of like the the sense of i guess if if he's turning into the mentor figure why is he sending himself on the same journey
2: because he knows he needs to do that in order to get to the place he's at now okay yeah. Yeah, the same reason so that he's chasing himself. So the
3: sheriff is an actualized person.
2: I think the sheriff and eye patch guy are, you know, actual persons. Mm-hmm.
3: Hmm.
0: So what does the eye patch mean? <laughs> I,
3: no, uh, okay. I'm so so, so it's kind of so like go see an eye patch is like a cheesy villain thing, right? Uh, like,
0: well, or may- maybe he's just, you know, he. It's doesn't It's all have fun the and sight games until someone loses. When, when because when you get older, you're focused on one singular goal. Maybe it's conjecture, and so that's why this is. Yeah, I mean, this is just complete speculation yeah. on all of our parts. Now, here's here's my question. So, when he comes back into the town, do you guys think that's the town he originally left? Absolutely. Oh yes. Okay. All right. So that's that's what I thought too. That he and it's one of those things where you know you go on a journey and you come back to the same place and. Realize it,
3: but he does not like. He does not succeed. He does not get the like elixir of life. Of I mean, sort of in terms of he finally lights a cigarette. Yep, this is a story about a guy trying to get a cigarette lit. Uh, yeah, but eh, I I don't think he has yet grown.
0: Yeah, I as speaking of the cigarette, I the part that I chuckled at was the fact that he gets he gets <coughs> captured by these. Um, these Arabs. And the first thing they do is steal the cigarette that he's been trying to light for the last 50 pages or so. And the first thing that the main Sheikh does is try to light the cigarette and he fights the guy over it surrounded by all these enemies. And the one thing he was, he the only thing he wants is his cigarette.
3: I thought it was a really effective prop because it's like totally trivial on the one hand, but on the other hand is nicely representative of yeah. his whole like ridiculous struggle.
2: I think it's a really good representative for life.
3: Right? You were just trying to get a freaking cigarettes, Litton. Mm-hmm. Litton? Litton. Litton.
0: And, and everything else that you try to do will keep you from doing that.
3: <laughs> freaking Smokey the Bear. No. <laughs> yeah.
0: out of nowhere. Oh, the, there's really some some whimsical scenes in that. Uh, the The guy, this guy carrying a big ice block. Through the desert, yeah, and running, they, Love that yeah, running through the desert with this big ice block, and it's melting the every step that the guy takes. And so the protagonist is chasing after this guy because he's really thirsty, and the ice block gets really small to the point where it's just used as an ice cube in a glass of champagne.
1: Yeah, uh, I never got any of that out of this, but maybe that's just because uh, because I like i i feel like i would have to read it multiple times before i ever started actually understanding any of the any of the potential symbolism out of, in the book at all um
3: i feel like the main reason why i did was because i've been like immersed in this stuff lately yeah so yeah. i was like oh well that oh, makes sense that's
2: where you were you were running through the desert
3: yes mm. yes
1: makes sense now it is very it, it's You read the intro to the book and it talks about Jim Henson um, in his day and the kind of experimental stuff that he tried to do with some of his short films and things before he became, you know, the Jim Henson that we all know and love with the Muppets. Have you ever Um, seen any of the uh, old stuff? uh, I have a long time ago, but I don't. So
2: um, probably three or four years ago, I went and saw the Jim Henson exhibit that was touring. Okay. And I mean it had stuff from The Dark Crystal and Labyrinth and The Muppet Show and whatnot. But it also had stuff from his early 60s black and white show that used muppets but was for adults. Okay, yeah. Nice. It was completely insane. Like <laughs> off the wall like not for any sort of
1: logical mindset. Mm. That and doesn't really surprise me though. I mean with the 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 Muppet Show as fucking wackadoo as it is, is about the most reined in I had ever seen Jim Henson's mm. stuff. Like because you even look at some of his more, more successful movies, like like we were talking earlier, Labyrinth and the Dark Crystal. The Dark Crystal is a fucked up movie. Have you seen the unedited version? Yes. Yeah. And where they light the Skexy on fire. <laughs> yeah. I um I, I love the Dark Crystal, by the way. That's like one of my all time favorite movies.
2: And that's why you were skexo.
1: Uh yes, I get that. I get that now. (laughs) He was going to die? But um, I don't know. It it seems like one of the things that that I think kind of aggravated me about reading this um, was the fact that I, I felt all the way through it like as awesome as it is that they took his lost screenplay and adapted it to a comic book, which is kind of in most ways the next best thing.
3: And I think better in this case, just with the layouts. Really, and in this case, I don't case, think you w- could do this with film. Uh,
1: see, and that's Ow. the kind of thing. That's the kind of thing that I was thinking was that it, it felt like, it felt like it was it would have been more suited to film huh. to me. Um, I don't get me wrong. I love uh, artistically and design wise. I love the adaptation, and I think the layouts are spectacular. What moments but, would
3: look different on film? Oh wow, the bar.
1: That's, yeah, the bar probably, but. Um, I don't I don't know. You're catching me in, you know, I'm it's okay. drowning in snot, so <laughs> it's kind of hard for me to actually think deeply about this.
3: The mucus is in the way. I understand.
1: And it's funny because I um um I didn't even start thinking deeply about this until you started talking about it and now I realize that I'm like physically incapable of thinking deeply about it at the moment. Uh so
3: It's all right. You can just bubble slowly into the microphone. It's cool.
1: Yeah, there we go. I'll just sit, I'll just sit here for the rest of the show going.
3: So there's some really funny <laughs> aspects of this book, and if I can briefly go into Young again, it, I feel like the desert is sort of the collective unconscious that he's wandering through. So that means we get blindsided with like random shit that's funny, like like um, Smokey the Bear dousing a cigarette, or like random shark. Oh Yay, yeah, it's a shark. A hippopotamus. Uh, Land shark. I, a land shark you know the football player that only speaks in like foot- oh, diagrams. football diagrams yeah,
1: so uh, that was one of my favorite parts was they they and the way they led into that was really cool because they have the whole scene where it gets captured by the arabs and they're speaking only in arabic so you never really see you know you never see what they're saying right and then they lead they, they get that level of absurdity first and then drop the second level of absurdity, where he's being chased and gets, and the, his pursuers get hit by a football player out of nowhere, and then morphs into that like where every time the football <laughs> player speaks, he speaks in football plays. I was like, yeah. okay, that's that's pretty awesome, like if, as a way to represent this kind of, you know, pseudo logic.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a lot of that sort of symbolic. Yeah, um, and that's all there is. The, well, there's the, the one talking guy that rambles. Yeah, and. Yeah, but even him, like, eventually, uh, his words are, like, overlaying each other. and Yeah. It's
0: it's formatted outside of the word bubble. Uh-huh. You know, you get lost. And, you know, it, it kind of equates you, if you ever get talked to those, or you ever talk to those really talkative people that just love to ramble, um, and you can't follow what they're talking about, but they just go on for days.
3: Me. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. I know, he's sort of id-like and also sort of, like... I mean, trickster betrayer guy, but coyote, coyote, which makes sense for the desert.
1: Hmm. So uh, let's talk about the art. Yes, please. Because I am absolutely incapable of dime store analysis of the psychological (laughs) (laughs) aspects of this book. And I just want to talk about the pretty colors. You keep
2: flipping through it. And each time you look more and more equal parts
1: puzzled and (laughs) snot filled. Yeah. Isn't it
2: awesome? So
3: the good news is if you don't like psychology, this is a really pretty book.
1: This is one of the best designed books I've seen in a long time absolutely the panel design the um the little visual cues kind of that he that he puts in there to guide you through the surreality of all of it yeah um the color palette um the way the color palette switches all the time to um to show different aspects of what's going on i i am a humongous fan of the artwork in this book yeah. um it is so it's so beautiful and the and the design work is just follows suit i i i can i'll, I'll sit here and just knob gobble the artwork in this book all all day if you want me to but so like i've read
2: this i don't think you guys have yet um we're gonna have to do casanova at some point because mm-hmm. there are similarities between this and that that hmm. are just okay so like this book is a mix. See that based
3: on the covers honestly there's
2: a, a, a mix of this that i see with um oh my god who does uh, jeff smith not um casanova not know? not okay not casanova not razzle uh-huh. uh liberty meadows oh yeah sure. jeff uh, frank show frank show Like, this art style, like, screams, like, a mix of all three of those. Yeah, I could see that. Casanova's colors. Mm -hmm. Um, Frank chose, like, his proportions on people. Mm -hmm. And then, um, like, the... Jeff Smith's sense of weirdness. Yeah, (laughs) the sensibilities of Jeff Smith, which is to say it's off the wall crazy with surrealism. It's also got a little bit, like, as far as it goes, like, just layers upon layers... Dave McKean.
3: Oh yeah, totally. <laughs>
1: hmm,
3: only I will I will say it without hesitation.
1: <laughs> I'm very stupid. reluctant to to I'm very reluctant to as, associate this with Dave McKean
3: because
2: I'm not, not the art but the way that rules are continuously broken. Yep. Yeah, that's and fair.
3: Like some of the multi-layered stuff with like the dialogue popping yeah, out and of, I mean, of boxes and wacky business.
2: Um yeah, like so it'd be one third Gabriel Ba, one third um, Jeff Smith, one third, I forgot his name Frank again. Cho. Frank Cho. And then, like, he looked over to Dave McKean book and said, that's some pretty neat idea.
3: I, I would say there's, like, a seasoning dash.
2: <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't go that far.
3: Uh, oh, I would. <laughs> I would.
2: It's like, man, we've got these three brilliant parts. Okay, so we're going to take, we're going to make soup, right? We're going to take, everyone loves steak. Right.
3: Soup is not good without salt. Dave we're, McKean is the we're, salt.
2: We're, we're going to add potatoes, and we're going to add basil. Okay, So you've got this amazing stew that you're making. Hmm. Pile of shit. You don't want to add it. You just look at it and go, okay. No, no, salt. I
1: smelled that pile of shit. It's making this stew smell really good. <laughs> but if
2: I was
3: adding <laughs> the shit
1: into the stew, no one would eat it.
3: Uh, no, friends. That is Mark Malone. <laughs>
2: <laughs> do we really have to go back to that? That horrible, no, no. I think we've had that conversation. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I, 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 just it's some of some of the best art I've seen in a long time. Um, and I'm just the way that the way that the guy is uh, able to kind of f- flip his color palettes around and flip between the the line work and the painted artwork, you know, kind of back and forth. I don't know. It I, seemed like they
3: shopped around for somebody who was really the right fit for this. And I think Mar- Ramon Perez definitely yeah. really is the right fit for this.
1: Who is the colorist? Um, I think, I think it is Perez, Perez does the whole thing. Take like, I a mean, look. He does some really good stuff with using
2: specific palettes to it indicate says, uh, changes in scenes.
1: It says, additional colors were Jordi Belair, Belair and Kalman and Um But they're... But... For the most part, it is all uh it is all Ramon K. Perez. Also, I uh, just wanna
2: make one note, Tale of Sand is fucking Razzle's font. Well Yes, yeah. it is.
1: Absolutely. Um, but that's also part of the design. That's one of the things that I really liked about the design of the book from a physical, like printed perspective, was it definitely um again, they tried to go for that, um kind of it's kind of sixties feel you know for it and they succeeded really well like not only in the font but like the rounded corners on the top of the book and Mm -hmm. the way the the kind of textured cover and the yellow that they used um yeah there's boobies in there yeah there is (laughs) um and that's one of the reasons why i talk about the design so much like everything about the book just it's just it's so precise if that makes any sense it doesn't it it never feels sloppy it feels like everything that's put down in the book is put down for a reason and is Dave Laugham Dave Laugham okay that's the uh, that face right there that's a a Dave Laugham face okay um sorry well done (laughs) um and it never it never feels like he's just throwing something together every even the smallest stuff in the book um one of the problems, I think one of the reasons why that happens, too, is because this is a self-contained thing that, that Ramon K. Perez kind of devoted himself to doing. Yeah. Mm. Whereas, I, you know, one of the things that always aggravates me about monthly books is that occasionally you'll get a, a book, an artist that, um, you know, hits a time crunch or doesn't give a shit about the part of the script that he's writing because it's just a bridge to another, something else. So you get wild uh, swings in quality even from some of the better artists out there. Um, Whereas in this book, I never felt like there was ever a part where the quality dipped. That's true. Um, It was, it's solid from page one to the end.
2: I completely agree with you. However, the one thing that I pulled out of it, I felt like I was reading different books at different points. Like I felt, and this is just the art uh, to go back to it, like at one point I felt like I was reading an issue of Razzle. At another mm-hmm. part, it feels like I, I'm reading an issue of Stray Bullets. But they don't you don't, think
1: that's the point? I mean, with all the surreal changes in scenery and changes in st- uh, story flow in this book, don't you think that maybe they're doing that on purpose? I think maybe to an extent.
2: But the problem is that like, I understand that this was written you know, 30 or 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. I get that. However, the comic wasn't made 30 or 40 years ago, and I really strongly feel that there are distinct sections he's like, I'm trying to get this across, I'm going to ape this style. Hmm. So, or not. I don't want to say the term aped, because it's not like panel for panel, or he's tracing the same lines or anything like that, but you just get very specific feelings in different sections of the book on other artists. And that
3: probably is purposeful. But I don't think it's out of place because this is sort of the weird sands of the collective one unconscious.
1: The, you know, and one of the things that I would love to see um, to maybe help figure that out is I would love to see the original script mm. and potentially some of the original notes that Jim Henson took while writing the script. Because you have to wonder if any of the, you know, you, you say the, the there's a stylistic change you have to wonder if at any point there was you know when jim henson Henson was he's like changed this yeah where he was visualizing it and saying oh i want to film this in x style right or i want to i want to switch it up and film it something similar to blah 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 blah," you know the killer that's the name of the archaea book about the hitman (laughs) (laughs) sorry well done And like this book, Andy's brain is one giant non sequitur.
3: Absolutely, <laughs> there you go. Hopefully you guys this made perfect sense. <laughs> okay. So,
1: Joel
2: and Ann, I've only been podcasting you with, with you guys for almost a year now. Luke, however, has had two years of this madness. Mm-hmm. There is no off switch, <laughs>
3: <laughs> like the light in the desert when he has the off switch. Click, and the rock. click, click, yeah. click. Anyway, I,
1: I really, en- I really enjoyed this book artistically. Uh, by the time I got to the end, I didn't feel like I didn't feel like the payoff was was big enough for for the when you have in my opinion when you have a story that runs along in such a surreal environment where nothing really makes sense, everything is like i said a non sequitur you're just kind of tripping from weird shit to weird shit to weird shit um there needs to be. There needs to be something at the end that that pays you back for putting up with all of that.
3: I think it did. Yeah, I'm Man,
2: actually. I don't feel. I'm like going to
1: side with Anne.
3: Whoa.
2: Uh, like, so my my complaint is like I have no problem if a book is in that format of you know going from place to place to place that uh-huh. are completely not related at all. Sure. I didn't expect that from this.
1: Hmm. I didn't really know what to expect from this, so.
2: As soon as I saw the cover, I thought, razzle, but (laughs) I don't know. Like, I really expected a a linear story with maybe, you know, one sort of tangent here or there. Because Jim Henson, yes, he did some weird stuff, but there was always a direct progression of A, B, C, D, E.
3: Yeah, I didn't expect quite the level of wacky business that we got. I liked it. I just didn't expect it from Jim Henson.
1: I wonder if, I guess I didn't either. Luke, stop staring at the tits. (laughs) But (laughs) I, I think I was prepared... Um, I was prepared for it by the by the prologue, by the in- intro. Yeah, no, right? totally. And that's one of the things, that's why I, it doesn't bother me, and even, I really didn't have any expectations to set, but when I read the prologue and it starts talking about Jim Henson and his kind of experimental films and the things that he was trying to do and how he shopped this around and couldn't get anybody to pick it up because it was too off the wall, <laughs> then, then I was prepared. And then I was like, okay, this is gonna be goofball somehow.
3: Different goofball flavor than we have ever ha- flavored before. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs>
0: okay, so here's a here's a question, and one of the things that kind of irked me because it took me out of it was the every once in a while you'll see this print motif of the of the screenplay the behind. Pages. Oh, or I during loved that. That was the, great. I thought I thought it, it kind of pulled me out of the the whole universe. And he uses it extensively, like in the bar where the old guy yeah. is. What do you guys think about that? This is not a problem. Oh,
3: I liked it only said. because it sort of um, I, it added to the like weird meta level of like what's going on and how much is his life this story that's being told over and over, and to how much control does he have? I don't.
1: Know. Yeah, I kind of um, i I kind of agree with Joel in that it 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 didn't feel. It pulled me out of it pulled me out of the story and reminded me that I was reading an an adaptation of Jim Henson's lost script constantly Hmm. rather than just seeing what the results of the story from that script were going to be. So what Nathan Drake a little bit. Yeah, Jesse Custer okay
2: <laughs> I think the other half
3: of this Andy is that you're widely read enough that you can pick these things out instantly it, it just
2: like I was thinking like you know I'm looking at the book and I'm looking at the cover and I'm like razzle and then I'm like wait a second there are two like two specific images that I can think of right now and I knew Luke would pick up on both of those
1: yeah yeah I can see the I, Jesse Custer in the in the bad guy yeah with, I, the, with the eye patch on. yeah I mean that's the second half of the series yeah so I almost said donut drink and <laughs> as much as I can sit there and rag on the the kind of goofy surrealism and the fact that I didn't get it, I I enjoyed it. It was an enjoyable thing to read, and I I think that's mostly for me because of the artwork.
2: It's enjoyable. I don't know if it's good. Mm, I think it's
3: good,
1: and that's that. I can understand that mentality. I don't know if it's good either, and I think it's one of those things that would require multiple multiple readings because mm. I. One there's two things about this book that I've read it twice before the show. The first time I read it, I there was about a week gap between when I read the first half and the second half. Um, for listeners out there, if you're going to pick this up, don't do that. Read it in if one sitting you're going as to read, as it, yes. read it. read it not in, as quickly as possible necessarily. But you know, linger linger on it, but read it in one sitting.
2: The first time, I think you should go through it as quickly as possible and yeah. let your brain fill in. Like, because if you're thinking too much yeah. with your, you know, you're like, this doesn't make any sense. Let your mind make those conclusions
0: for you. You and know, that, your that kind of parallels what I was thinking because this this book really, to me, is like a, a like a animated or a, a picture book of Rorschach tests. You know, <laughs> because there's a lot of impressions in there that you really, you really don't get any understanding, and all of a sudden they'll they'll switch to something. Um, like there's a scene with the woman and Patch. Where they're drinking champagne just right in the middle of nowhere, and it'll switch it'll switch up on you, and the quicker you go through it, you kind of get these impressions, and you don't really realize them because if you look at them and try to analyze them too much, you, there's there's really no nonsense there, but if you take it as a whole, uh, it kind of fills in itself a little bit personally, that's what I think because there's there's no way that you can make any any sense out of this this plot because he, he rides over a hill and then all of a sudden he's in a used car lot yeah, or, or he'll be he's walking on a golf course. Yeah. Or he's on a golf course with some matron old ladies and they're this, trying to make par.
1: The thing that confused me, I think uh, toward the end of the book is about 75% of the way through was after he gets, so he gets kidnapped by the Arabs mm. and then he, you know, the, the sheriff guy cuts him down before he gets hung and then he runs away and he's getting chased. And one of the things they go back and show is they show Patch, like, ter- basically breaking set on the Arab set. Like, oh, yeah. Breaking down the set, shaking hands with all the actors. Hey, good job, guys. Like, yeah. Like, all of this right. stuff is... Yeah. Being put in his path a la Westworld, you know? And nice reference. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well and, and well that's one of the things is that he blow he blows this whistle, which goes to all the his different knickknacks that he has in his backpack. And that calls in the cavalry, literally. Literally. Yeah. And they come in, they have this big Arab fight and he gets saved, and it all turns out that it's a movie set. You know, yeah. and the director kind of looks like Jim Henson. Yes. Which is, it's like Altered Beast, but not shitty. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah and and so it, it was does that supposed to mean that it's all just a play? it's all sta- I think the, no, it's all staged the yeah. jim henson
3: yes. thing uh, kind of ties into the like re- same kind of reason why they put the random like bits of screenplay throughout is yeah. sort of being like this is a story this is a setup
0: Yeah. yeah and that's this is how he gets out of this wacky situation is it was a movie set and and they have a disturbing picture of patch in um I, I don't know belly dancer outfit yeah with or the with, a like with the dude.
1: eye Arab drawn. yeah well i like that his patch is flesh colored and he's got a cl- uh, an eye drawn on the patch so that he looks like a so that it l- just looks like two eyes <laughs> so mm.
2: well, okay so there's a i think it's actually a muhammad ali quote hmm. that if you're the same man at 23 that you are at 33 then you wasted 10 years
1: of your life yeah <laughs> I think oh. the actual quote is if you think about the world the same way at age 50 as you did at age 20 you've wasted 30 years of your life something along those lines
2: but I'm yeah. just saying I
1: mean if
2: you it could go well back with us. to younger you and be set up a series of events to get you
1: to make some change yeah and it, and I actually all I can think about is um the red versus blue version of that with the tattoo psa <laughs> it's like oh do you remember that where where they're like they're like <laughs> think about yourself 10 years ago you were a goddamn idiot. <laughs> yeah. Now think about yourself 10 years from now. You're going to look back on yourself now and think,
0: I was a goddamn idiot. <laughs> uh, That's great. And, and how it's – well, one of the things I really enjoyed was that he was given this backpack. And, and the sheriff sends him off and says, hey, here's a map you want to get to here. But you, is not as the eagle flies because you won't be able to make it. And you have a two-minute head start. And they, Don't trust the map. Don't trust the map. Yeah. And then at the end he's like, Well, I got a ten minute head start, and then as soon as he gets off, he's like, Don't trust the map. You know, and and I just love that whole start off, like, hey, this is not going to be what you think it's going to be. So it kind of prepares you for this wacky adventure. Maybe that's why he ended
1: up back at the city at the end, because if you look through the whole book, he constantly references the map, even though they tell him not to trust it so he never he hmm. never derivates from the map 's course, That's even true. though he was specifically told that he needed to basically
3: so maybe this is kind of a story about living your young adulthood in this like kind of terrible stasis and because you 're y- going yeah. by this map well, But if you derivated from it, you might be able to get somewhere, but instead. Smoke the bear, put out your cigarette. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and <laughs> that's the
0: thing. is when Fuck you, that bear. When you're a child or a teenager, you have all these plans. Like, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And the next thing you know, 10 years later, you're not there.
3: And you're being chased by rabid football players yeah. and Arabs.
0: And driving a tanker full of nitroglycerin.
2: Speaking of driving a tanker full of nitroglycerin, <laughs> uh, I think this thing's gone along long enough that it's going to explode. That's so <laughs> uh, <laughs> right mini multi mix eight is, I think, on his last legs. So let's uh, wrap this bad boy up. All yeah. right. Um, the next show Buh, is... Buy, borrow, Buh. burn,
1: sir. I completely yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I Actually, uh, I'm going to go with buy on this one. I, I'm a solid borrow. I'm a very solid borrow. I think it's worth reading. I'm not sure it's worth the 30 bucks For the first time in a year, I agree with Anne's
0: choice of books.
3: Uh, this was Luke's choice? Yeah. And I'm going to go for a buy on this. I'm going to agree with your thing. And I'm a cheapskate. So, here we go, people.
0: And I'm going to go
1: borrow. Yeah. Borrow. There's no burns. It's definitely not, it? it's no. not bad. Yeah. I'm and it's it.
2: No, it's just weird the way things lined up. I know, right? Yeah.
3: yeah. Well Sometimes there are um, things a, a that we simpletons both
1: like. over here don't actually real really want to think about the yes! <laughs> 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 we it.
2: The asymptote of pretentious. Yes!
3: We may be going the opposite yeah. directions on it, but we've and achieved cosines not. on the asymptote of pretentious. Okay,
2: so. i am full circle. with. You can get it only as a hard cover yep. it 's twenty nine ninety five um, Ann and I would tell you definitely buy it. Luke yeah. could probably say steal it or get it from hey uh, <laughs> don 't <laughs> put <laughs>
1: words in my mouth uh, let 's see um next show, check it out from a library and don 't don 't return, return it.
3: it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that there was a taxidermy badger that got made into a theremin?
2: No, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, how is <laughs> Okay. Um, by Baron Byrne. We, 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 we
0: already got yeah, that. Yeah, we did that. Yeah. yeah we did that so where we get this. Uh,
2: next up, uh, two weeks from now, is going to be volume one of Fear Agent. It's Reignition. Uh, it's an awesome book by Rick Remender and who
1: did the oh, Tony Moore. Tony Moore, it was it? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, Joel, I know it's one of your favorite series. I mean, you're a big Remender fan in general.
1: Yerp. Yerp.
2: Have either of you guys read it? I have read
1: the first three trades, and I'm working on the rest. I know that it also just ended a few months ago. Six months
3: ago? For my benefit, can we remind me what else Rick Remender's done?
1: Last Days of American
2: Crime. yeah, Uncanny Uncanny X-Force.
0: Punisher. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and he's actually the reason (laughs) why I recommended Last Days was because of Fear Agent. Oh, nice. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Fear Agent is... (laughs) I yeah. can't wait to do that on the show. It's gonna be yeah. fun. fisticuffs. It is, gentlemen.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, so, give us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, it helps us out. Maybe gets more people to see us. Um, review us on Zoom. We're finally on that. Uh, yeah, we are on Zoom. So search for TSP when you log into the marketplace. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, the main one is After the Fact Pod.
1: Nope. That's why I was you pointing. You fucker. That's why I was pointing, was to point out the fact that it's wrong in the agenda and you're supposed to say Trade Secrets Pod. Uh,
2: it's Trade Secrets Pod. Uh, Luke has multiple podcasts, uh, or not podcasts, Luke has multiple podcasts, but he I also do. has multiple Twitter accounts. His main one is Geek Elite. Um, mine is Math Tastrophe. My id is Correct Tastrophe. <laughs> uh, Joel is Superfly. It's spelled S O O P E R P H L Y. Ann is at Ann Bean Tweets. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook or like our Facebook page. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, just want to tell me I'm a jerk, uh, email us at TradeSecrets at geekorific.com Thank you, Luke. Thank you, and thank you, Earp, Joel, Dynafire.
0: Wait, we're not done. We're we done. are done. Are we done? We're done. I think we're done. We're we're done. Wait a minute, we're not done. Are we uh, done? No, no. Hit stop. No, are you, you hang to? up first. Hit. Wait stop. a
3: minute. No, you hang up first. But I can stop it. I'm not sure if... it ever.
0: after Work is Do